Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, which is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in the pages of Christian Living Magazine. Or in this week's case, not in the pages of Christian Living Magazine. But this couldn't wait. We had to do this as soon as we could. A couple weeks ago, my phone rang, and it was this young man by the name of Jake Evans who is with Nampa Narcan, calling to share with me about what their group does and and what they're doing as a result of the opioid issues here, right here in the Treasure Valley. And I was so impressed. I just couldn't wait. So, Jake, thank you for joining me today. Of course, yeah. Glad to be here. Um, I, I just, I was so excited about this. And it's I've, I've had some time since that phone call to do a little bit of research, mm-hmm. learn more about your group. Mm-hmm. Things I didn't know, but we're, we're going to dive into that. How are you? Doing good. I have uh, two small kids, so every morning is an adventure. So <laughs> this morning was 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 quite the adventure. I have two girls, a four-year-old and a 11-month-old. She turns one this month. And uh, yeah, they, they're, they're not best friends today, but sometimes they are. Yeah, yeah. I raised two boys. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, like so. some days they're best friends, and then some days they everything that they do gets on each other's nerves. And, and and as you walked in this morning, I was visiting with Beth, the mm-hmm. station owner, and telling her about our two-year-old twins in California mm-hmm. and how they were on their play phone. And Daddy mm-hmm. said, you know, who are you talking to? Grandma. That <laughs> broke my heart. Yeah. But yes, I've been there and, and done the morning routine mm-hmm. with them so many times, and it's just like, oh, I, I have forgotten what it's like to have two little ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you have two little ones that are away. That's how our situation is, too. I grew up in West Virginia, and so my my parents, their grandparents, are both in West Virginia, and we're here in the Treasure Valley. So they do the same thing. It's a lot of over-the-phone and FaceTime grandparenting. Oh, God bless whoever developed FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I think it's for grandparents. <laughs> I, I will say, yeah, that's little little Miss Cora was talking, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah on her phone. She's two, you know, so it was mm-hmm. two-year-old two-year-oldies, and my son asked her, who you talk to, Grandma? And then she looked at him and she said, I see Grandma. Mm. And I was like, oh, I love FaceTime, (laughs) because she does, you know, Mm -hmm. although I have frequent flyer miles and I go as often as I can so that they do know Grandma. But it's hard. It's hard when there's that distance. So for our listeners who have never heard, we're just going to dive right in here. So for our listeners who've never heard of Nampa Narcan, who who are you and what do you guys do? Not you personally, but who is Nampa? Nar- well, I'll tell you a little Narcan. bit about me too, so then you can kind of get the context. So now going on nearly 10 years ago, I myself was struggling with opiates. I'm a survivor of the opioid epidemic. I grew up in West Virginia, which is terrible in terms of like their response to the opioids way back when. And so... Um, I mean, our overdose rate per capita was like the highest in the nation for for the longest period in time. Yeah, my hometown in particular, uh, which is Martinsburg, West Virginia, just it it was terrible what all had happened there. And so I was in law school and I was addicted to opiates and a teacher wound up saving my life and completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I wound up going through treatment, um, going to an amazing program, realizing that I needed to 
changed my life trajectory. I decided not to return back to law school. I got really invested in helping people find their own recovery journeys. And so I became a certified drug and alcohol counselor, a peer recovery specialist, an interventionist, um, life coach. I did all, all these things. And um, I've worked with veterans. I've worked with active duty. I've worked with first responders. I've worked with people crawling out from underneath the bridges. I've worked with affluent families. I've worked with Fortune 500 CEOs, um, professional athletes, you name it, I've worked with them. And when I was ready to pick my family up and move, uh, God brought us to Nampa. Um, there's no other way to explain it other than that. I visited McCall and loved McCall, but realized there's only one road in and one road out, and that might not be good for wintertime. And so I looked for like a central location and I put a couple bids on a couple of houses and the one that got accepted was in Nampa. And so that's how I landed in Nampa. And my skill set of helping people through recovering addiction, I didn't think I would necessarily employ that here because I have um, a company that has reaches all across the country. Um, and so I thought I was going to come here and basically do like semi-retirement. Like I would manage my company, but I would enjoy being here, like raising my small family. And um, very quickly, I realized that in the Treasure Valley, like the, you know, I thought that we were an outlier to the problem, but it turns out, I mean, I know this, that everything operates on a bell curve, right? And we were just a few nodules behind on that bell curve. And so the problems that, you know, my home state went through 10 years ago are problems that we are currently on the use of going up on. Yep. So just to give a little context about Martinsburg, it was a small province in West Virginia. And then when they developed the interstate that ran through West West Virginia and made it easy access to DC and Baltimore, um, we started getting big city people with big city problems. Yep. And so there was a huge influx of like crime and drugs and everything that happened into our, our town and it, we weren't prepared for it. And what we're seeing here in the Treasure Valley is some similarities with that, where we're seeing people that are, are coming into our areas, we're having better act. Well, in a lot of ways, our infrastructure is improving, which is helping us with travel, but it's also making it easier to travel things that we don't want in here as well. And so that's why we're seeing a huge influx in things like fentanyl, um, crime, people um, cross state crime, interstate crime. We're seeing all those things take place and we're, we're just behind the bell curve. So. We can take the practices that were best practices that we've learned over time, um, you know, the last decade that I've been doing this. Um, and we can also take the things that didn't work and we can figure out ways to clear those gaps. And Nampa Narcan, the goal was to work alongside of community partnerships to try to help fill the gaps for all the amazing work that is taking place to address the opioid epidemic. So that's a very long-winded way of saying, taking all the expertise of everything that's currently going on and making sure that we're all aware of each other's efforts and really trying to collaborate and save lives. I have to, without without getting super uber religious on you, yeah. and this is Christian Living Spotlight. Yeah, 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 yeah but, of course. But still, it sounds like maybe God had a plan for oh, you to I, oh, for you to be in Nampa, Idaho. Oh, I believe that. <laughs> um, listening to you, we you know we know we've done this for ten years. We know what works. We know mm -hmm. by trial and error. We know what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And what a blessing. Yeah. What what a blessing yeah, to I didn't, have you. I didn't think it was going to happen the way that it did. I am a I play guitar at Grace Bible Church, um, which just so happens to be the church that is across the street from where my house was bought. <laughs> and so I thought it was too easy for that to be my home church, but it's again, a phenomenal church. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, well God has a plan, yep. right? And so um I went there because they treated my they they addressed my child when I dropped my child off for childcare. 
They didn't like look at me and try to talk to me. They looked at her and was kind of like, oh yeah, dad, go, go enjoy service. How are you? And so that, I don't know, it just felt different. And so I was like, oh, I'll just keep coming back here. Um, and uh, it turns out that the person who um, I'm connected with through a couple of different um, service organizations, his name's Ron Crane. Um, he, yep. Yeah, he also goes to Grace Bible Church. And so when we sat down and we were talking about I'm just, you know, welcome my whole welcome to Nampa thing. He's like, yeah, you got to go to Grace Bible Church. I was like, off a Lone Star. And he goes, yeah, I was like, I've been going there for like two weeks. And so um, that connection wound up yielding other connections. So the pastor there, Pastor Keith Wagner, was like, oh, you need to get more um, involved with other things that are going on. So he introduced me to the mayor. And then the mayor introduced me to um, the police department. And then the police department introduced me to the fire chief. And then everything just kind of happened the way that it did. And then the opportunity for a Narcan Leave Behind project came about with um, the fire department. And I was like, this is an amazing effort. This is going to save lives, but we could save more if we took it one step further. And that's how Nampa Narcan took place. I love that. So, so you were... So you work with everybody. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not non-discriminatory in that at, regard. At, and I and I'll be honest and say I I live in Canyon County. Yeah. We, we actually live out on the border between Nampa and Caldwell. Mm-hmm. But I have been at several of Mayor Kling's mm-hmm. c- community service meetings and mm-hmm. different things. And I was delighted earlier this week to see Chief Joe Huff come back mm-hmm. out of retirement, even if it was mm-hmm. just a, a month, mm-hmm. um, because he he understands the heartbeat of nampa oh yeah and he his team has just made some amazing changes over the years mm-hmm. but he's not afraid to grab a, an issue mm-hmm. opioid addiction human trafficking whatever it is mm-hmm. and he's just been hands-on oh yeah he know? was at the uh, healthy nampa initiative um last quarter we're having another one at the end of this quarter like in end of september and so, yeah, I think he's going to be there to give past the batons, so to speak. Um, so, but no, it's 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 awesome. Like to see what is taking place in the Treasure Valley, it just really shows the level of attention and detail to providing like the healthiest outcome that we can, not just for each other, right, but for the next generation, which is what my focus is. It's not so much about, um, yes, it is about helping the afflicted in the moment, but it's also about making sure that we have equitable health health resource awareness. So then the next generation is in scrambling, like what happened with me and my situation and the countless other people that have helped. Yeah. You know, it's the old, we don't know what we don't, we don't know what we don't know until we know we don't know it. Yeah. And then you even know. if you know it, how do you apply it? And Absolutely. Like, and like that's the... So some of your partners are pretty impressive. You work with Nampa PD, Nampa mm-hmm. Fire Department. You also partner with the Nampa Family Justice Center. I do. Yes. Which, um, yeah. Wow. Um, talk about me being asleep at the wheel until... <laughs> Um, this spring, mm-hmm. I was pretty asleep at the willows to who they were and what they do. Mm. And one day I get this phone call and, you know, such and such told me to call you and to tell you that you need to come do a tour. Well, it was somebody that I really, really admire mm-hmm. and mentors me in a lot of ways. And so I said, well, if he said that, then I must. And <laughs> so I did. And it's like, oh my goodness, what what they do at the Nampa Family Justice Center is amazing, but it's impressive that it, but not surprising now that I know who they are and what they yeah. do, it's not surprising that they're partnering with mm-hmm. you. So one of the things, as I was going over your website, which yeah. your website is, is really, really good at people Thanks. who are My wife's amazing. It, it's, yeah. it is, but, but you answer all the questions. I mean, it was so, I learned so much off your website. Because this is not a chapter that I've 
that I've walked. Mm-hmm. And so, if, again, it goes back to you don't know what you don't know till you know you don't know it. Yep. And so your website really, really helped and educated me on that. You not so your name is not Nampa Narcan. I always say it wrong. That's okay. But you serve the whole Treasure Valley. Correct. So the the name of the organization is Nampa Narcan, just to give credence and homage to how it started, and 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 it developed out of the Nampa Fire Department and their desire to really try to tackle the opioid epidemic. And so, out of respect, that's I'm going to keep it that name. But like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But like, um, we're we're non discriminatory in terms of like who will help and how we'll help. So the 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 mission of the organization is to put people who are in a crisis situation and directly connect them to somebody who can help them navigate their resources, no matter what those resources are, and no matter what the the hurdles or the barriers may be, whether it's geographic, whether it's financial you know, whether it's clinical, to remove those barriers and walk with somebody through that process to ensure access to equitable health resources. And then also to make sure that we are, you know, walking with them through that process to reach that healthy point. So it's not as simple as like what we'll experience with like social workers at a, at a hospital that do phenomenal work. But what winds up happening is, is that we get access to the resources and they have to move on to the next bed. And so they'll hand over, you know, access to, you know, a spreadsheet or whatever it is that says, Hey, here's what's, what should work for you. If somebody goes through that list and they make three or four phone calls and it's no, 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 or um, we don't accept that insurance or we don't have any beds open. If they hear no two or three times in recovery, that willingness to get help could could wane. And so the goal of a peer recovery specialist that's tied directly to their case is they go through the no's for them and then they give them the options that are yes. So then like they were making their pick off of what's available and what's viable rather than trying to, to sift through what is available and viable. It's, we're not looking for gold. We're coming to them with a gold and asking them what they want to make of it. That's awesome. That is, you know, I, so Mark Rennick, I don't know if you've ever met Mark Rennick, but his show follows ours here on 94.1 mm-hmm. The Voice. And Mark, works with returning citizens, Mm -hmm. um, offenders, as Mm -hmm. they come out of prison. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things that in Mark and I's early friendship, he said, these guys come out and they're given this guide Mm -hmm. from welfare. And they go through the whole process only to find out, oh, we don't help offenders. This is for people that are on welfare. And it gets so discouraging. So Mark worked up his own offender resource guide. So that they're automatically given everything in that resource guide Mm -hmm. works with them. I can see where the discouragement, you're already downtrodden and you're Mm -hmm. already feeling beat up. And you're right, you know, hear no, 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 too many times, and I, nobody wants to help me, mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, sadly, so, the ones that have had the biggest issue with that with are veterans that yeah. um, have had the, the biggest issues, and they're hearing no from the largest health organization in, in, in the country, which is the VA. And, you know, it's, um, we've done, we've been able to do a lot of amazing work with, with, with veterans. And so um, we're eager and ready to help anybody in any situations, and no one should hear no when you're trying to look for the one yes to help to help heal yourself. It is so hard. That's, mm-hmm. I am married to a Vietnam veteran, mm. and we're going through some things right now, and he's hearing no a lot, and mm-hmm. it is so discouraging. Yeah, it's you hard. know, and so we we won't go there because it's not about <laughs> anyway. Um, one of the things that just amazed me as I was going through all of this in our visits recently mm-hmm. is that this is a Treasure Valley program. Mm-hmm. But if any of our listeners would want help to start something mm-hmm. like this in their own community, I, I feel confident and just know more than mm-hmm. I know you that you would help them. You would you would you would be happy to mentor them through oh, that yeah. Pro- yeah. through getting that set up. Yeah, without a doubt. Like the way the the name and the goal of this is to develop more. Uh, I hate like relegating this similar to like 
to armies, but it's like you want to develop soldiers, people who um, have experienced this. The whole point of a peer recovery specialist is to be able to say that, like, I've gone through it. I know what this looks like. I know what it's like to feel these things. I can take you through it as well. And then the the hope and the goal for, for us as an organization um, is to try our best to develop in-system or um, in-program um, successes that can then become the new peer recovery specialists. And then we can relegate that same thing to different organizations all throughout all throughout the country. Needless to say, I've been I've been asked with like West Virginia, they've asked me if I can start stuff there. So I mean, like, we're more than willing to help. Um, the name of the game is is to save lives, right? And, and we'd be silly to assume that we're the ones that are capable of doing that for everybody. So um, yeah, our goal is to help people. I love that. So I want to I just want to kind of shift gears here yeah. just a little bit. So the name of your organization is NAMPA Narcan. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about Narcan because yeah. we hear about it on the news. Yeah, yeah. And and so what is it? So Narcan is <laughs> a life-saving drug that essentially it's going to remove the opiates from the opiate receptor, thus throwing somebody into immediate withdrawal. So it's, it's going to completely flush the system of the opiates in somebody's receptors, which will then allow them to remove from an overdose state into a precipitated withdrawal state. So um, it's life-saving, um, it, it has an amazing purpose, but um, the administration of that with the new drug fentanyl is um, something that we need to make sure that people understand that you're to do recovery breathing pre, because the, the organs actually will shut down. So you need to do recovery breathing before, so CPR before you actually administer the drug so then it can get into the system because it goes through the nostrils. Most Narcan or nasal, um, it's, a, it's a nasal insert. So. You know, and then you do recovery breathing post to make sure that it's actually working its way through so the system. So you do CPR before, yep. then administer, then CPR after, and then CPR after. Yeah. That's good to know. Cause and there, yeah, and there's amazing, um, there's amazing resources all over the internet, like Narcan.com. Um, ours is NampaNarcan.com. We have similar, in, you know, instructionals and things along those lines, but. Your um, tutorial was really good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was complete novice, and I went, yeah. "Oh, I could, I could follow that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's. The hope is, is that it's simple enough that when you're in panic, you know what to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for those of us, yeah, sadly, well, sadly or not, I, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. So what are the signs of an overdose, and how do you know what they're overdosed on? What do yeah. you do if you don't know what they're overdosed on? Yeah, so I mean, that's a big thing that comes up with, um, you know, the struggles that we're having in the PD throughout uh, the Treasure Valley is, is that like you treat everything like it's an opiate overdose um, in the beginning because you have to, right? Because if somebody's not breathing and there's no oxygen going to the brain, it's it's a very short window of time that you can recover. So um, signs of an opiate overdose, is, the easiest way to look at that is like as somebody who's slumped over and if they're non-responsive, non-breathing, and I mean, you can, I think it's wasting time to try to do things like throwing water in the face and things like that. You basically check for a pulse. And then if you have access to a mirror, if you're unsure if they're breathing, something that could show whether or not somebody's breathing or not, if it's faint breath, then like you go ahead and you start doing the recovery breathing and then you go ahead and administer. Um, but, you know, steps should be one, call 911. I think I have a potential overdose. Two, Check and make sure that there's a pulse or some sort of faint breathing. If there isn't, begin doing administering um, the CPR breathing, then administer the Narcan, then continue with CPR breathing until they show up. That doesn't mean that like they won't administer more Narcan because they may. Um, and they, you know, if EMS shows up, they have other avenues that they can use in order to resuscitate somebody. But us doing what we can do is that if you see somebody slumped over 
and they and you have an inclination that they may or may not be using whether that's having like foil or whatever in their hands um you know that could indicate drug use treat it like it's a fentanyl overdose you're not gonna if you're not overdosing on fentanyl you administering the narcan isn't going to do anything negative okay that's good to know also let's let's talk you have a section on your on your website called know your protection yeah that to me was valuable because i don't and and maybe the people in circles that are involved in Mm -hmm. opioid addictions know this i did not Mm -hmm. know this but i could see where knowing your protection is Mm -hmm. really viable so Mm -hmm. say you and your buddy are 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 using together Mm -hmm. and your buddy overdoses don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call 911 oh, yeah. because there's laws to protect you there. Oh, yeah. Well, there's all kinds of laws. So the thing that um, before I knew any of this, it would have made me afraid was, well, what if I am somebody who's attempting to save somebody and then they die? Am I liable for um, for any sort of lawsuits or anything along those lines? The answer is no. If you're attempting to do some sort of life-saving intervention with the goodwill of life-saving, you're protected. Um, here in the Treasure Valley. And then the, the other thing is, too, is, is that when it comes to Good Samaritan laws, which means that I'm seeing that there is an issue, so I'm going to go ahead and call in, um, they can confiscate contraband, but they can't cite or arrest for the presence of contraband. So, um, you know, our goal as a community, as a state right now, is to save lives. It's not It's not to arrest the afflicted. It's to save lives. And so... If for any reason somebody, anybody is overdosing and you're you're somebody who's engaging, partaking, if you've witnessed it doesn't it doesn't matter, try to save the life. Call nine one one, try to save the life, and then know that like you're you're in safe hands. Like our goal as a community is to save lives. It's not to punish. Absolutely. Yep. That's and you know. It's what we're called to do. Yeah. It's what we're called to do. Yeah. Well, not everywhere in the country follows that, you know, is following that system. But so now the not- laws, if you're listening outside of the Treasure Valley, find, familiarize yourself with the local laws. Yeah. Or you, or you can just ask us and we'll help you find it. So, I mean, like our goal is to help save people. That's our, that's our goal here. I love that. I, uh, now, folks, now you know why I couldn't wait. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, Jake, can you come join me on the radio yeah, show? Yeah, I'd love to. So how can our listeners learn more about yeah, so, Nampanarkan? So com. If you go there, there's a form that you can actually fill out. It's super easy. It's just first name, last name, phone number, email. Um, we're more than willing to reach out and connect with anybody. So, I mean, if you have information that you want to learn, if you're somebody that wants access to treatment, you don't know where to start. If you're somebody who knows that your loved one needs treatment, you don't know how to help them. Like that's what it's for. Reach out. We will help you. We will guide you through the whole process. It doesn't matter if you're the afflicted or the loved one. We'll do what we can do in order to help you. And then there's also a phone number you can reach out to. And then we have um, an email address. It's info at nampanarcan.com. But if you fill out the web form, it comes directly to that email. So anyway. for those that don't have internet access, what's that phone number? It's, uh, th- yeah, thanks. I should it's know this. It's in my notes. Yeah, I should know this by heart by now. It's 208-960-6092. Again, that's 208-960-6092. You probably don't call yourself very often. No, so. I don't. Yeah, I it's, answered it. It's phone. easy to not know that. <laughs> Jake, we're out of time. I know. I wish we need three of these. We'll have you back. Okay. How's that? Yeah, we'll that have you good. back. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great. We had not met in person until today. I know. But I feel like I've known you forever. That's the Holy Spirit. So that's great. Yeah. I love it. I, you know, I love how, how he how he gets to use me. Yeah. And I get to meet the most incredible people. Folks.
I know I've said this a lot lately, but here I am saying it again. Christian Living Spotlight is now also a podcast and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, and TuneIn, just to name a few. Be sure to subscribe today and never miss an episode again. This does bring our time to an end for this week, folks. We invite you back next week when we have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout Central and all of Southern Idaho. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.